no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. Hey there. Welcome to First and Pod. Special thanks to everyone watching live on the Scores YouTube page. I'm Danny Parkins. He's Andrew Filipponi. I do afternoons in Chicago. He does afternoons in Pittsburgh. We do this twice a week. It's First and Pod. Every team, every game, every week. Coming to you after a surprisingly entertaining and competitive Sunday night football game. Pony, the Broncos have four straight wins. And Russell Wilson looked vintage in the fourth quarter. He should have had another touchdown pass that Jerry Judy dropped before the awesome one uh, to Sutton. What do you make of the uh, resurgent Broncos? Uh, I think that Russell Wilson uh, is not going to have the kind of numbers that he did his last few years in Seattle, but there's now a foundation there with him to move forward into next season, thinking that you can be a competitive team. And the other thing that uh, I'll say now is, I think this NFL season, we've learned a valuable lesson about uh, how health of teams and specifically quarterback health can be such an important factor in who makes the playoffs, et cetera. And so to get to 500, who knows? I mean, if, if other teams in the AFC suffer quarterback injuries, it's now not out of the question that the Broncos could backdoor their way in. I don't like their chances as of right now, but it does feel a lot like uh, his last couple of years in Seattle because the wide receivers have come on. Cortland Sutton looks like a really good upper echelon receiver. Um, the offensive line play, I think, has been better. And he's done the things that we saw him do with running around, extending plays, and throwing the ball downfield as well. Yeah, and you know, the numbers are going to be pretty good, man. Oh, yeah. His numbers in terms of touchdowns to interceptions are going to be really good. Yeah, I think because he was 18 and four coming into the game and then he just had the one today. So he's at 19 touchdowns against four interceptions. Uh, You mentioned Sutton. I think that's his eighth or his ninth touchdown already this season, which is spectacular catches the last two weeks. Yeah, two of the two of the best catches of the season. Um On the Vikings, because they're still 80% or so to make the playoffs in a, you know, there's a pretty big gulf between the haves and the have-nots in the NFC. You called it a couple of weeks ago. I think you were the first to say it on the pod. Um, Kevin O'Connell's just impressive, man. Fake punt, fourth down attempts, not punting on the season when Cousins gets hurt before the trade deadline their defense and Flores is there calling a ton of blitzes more than any team in the league just keeping them in games Jefferson is coming back like I don't I don't think they can do anything meaningful they'll win three or four fewer games this year than last year but this year's team even without Kirk Cousins is much better than last year's team and they're just They'll be a feisty out uh, in the playoffs. Like if it ended up being um, Vikings Lions or something like that in the in the NFC or like Vikings NFC South winner, uh, that's 
they'd be live in that spot. If you're them, would you rather bring back Kirk Cousins at like 35 to $40 million a year on a new contract or go with Dobbs and roll the dice with a guy like him for, let's say, $10 million next year? I mean, I think the answer is probably Dobbs. Wow. Okay. I mean, listen, that's he, really he, interesting. Well, he's got he's got six more games um, to prove it. He's obviously significantly younger. Cousins is good. We talked about it. You made fun of me for the praise that I gave him, but like Kirk Cousins is firmly a top twelve, borderline top ten quarterback in the NFL, and he's put up massive, massive numbers throwing the ball. But there is never wins big games. Well, and there isn't a future there. There's at least a chance, as small as it is, but there, there's a, there's a chance with Dobbs and the difference in saving to in that exact example that you gave 20, 25 million bucks. That's, <laughs> I don't know, two offensive linemen or a stud corner. You know, I mean that's that's a that's a pretty huge difference. So it's it's Dobbs and another star player or two or Kirk Cousins. I think I think you'd go with Dobbs. I think O'Connell is looking like one of the best, brightest, not only offensive coaches, but I think game management coaches in the league too. Yep. So if I had an opportunity to go with a younger, more mobile quarterback, I would want to do that. Um, whether it's Dobbs or not. And I believe they're going to make the playoffs. I think you're right in saying the vibe about them as an underdog is much different than it is last year when they were a, a fraud the entire season and they were uh, nowhere near as good as their record. So they'll make it. They'll get Jefferson back. I think the Jefferson thing could actually complicate things off the bat for Dobbs because there's going to be a pressure to get the ball to him. I think in the long run it'll be good, but there might be an adjustment at first. And then the last thing I'll say is I think Flores is huge. I believe if, if they had won this game and held the Broncos to only field goals, my take might have been this guy obviously got a raw deal and should be a head coach immediately next year, hired by someone. I still believe that. Yeah, I think he should be on a very, very short list of five coaches. He's the rare defensive coach that I would want to hire for my football team. All right, All right let's start get- with the games, and we're going to go with yours first. Because I watched your social media reaction, and I don't get it. So we're going with Bears and Lions to start. Detroit is the first team this year to come back from 12 in the last, like, four minutes of a game. And your question is, how did the Bears blow this game? I thought you were going to say, isn't it fantastic that the Bears blew this game? Isn't this cause for celebration that the Bears blew this game? Well, okay. If you want Matt Eberflus fired, which I do, and the draft pick that it helps you get, and Fields played well, but the draft pick improved, macro big picture, man, you know I'm all for that. And this team isn't going to the playoffs. So that's, that's fine. But I think people need to understand how literally unprecedented this loss was, Pony. It's never happened. History of the NFL. To be plus three in turnover differential and have over 40 minutes of time of possession and lose, never happened. Teams were 48-0 and 0 
These were the exact games last year that you loved when Fields would look good and the Bears would lose. Dude, I'm I'm not I'm not even disagreeing with that. But I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But this team is trying to win. Last year's team traded away Roquan Smith, traded away Robert Quinn, didn't have a first round pick. They they were trying to lose organization. Well, but for them, congratulations on all their success. They tried, but that but in but in the in your court of public opinion, you want them to try and lose. So I'm, try dude, all you want, whether you label yourself as a rebuilding team or not. What's good for the for the for the franchise big picture is to blow all these guys out of there and start all over again with a new quarterback and with a new coach. And I think Fields was awesome today. Yeah, but but okay, there wasn't wasn't there not a report before the game that he would have to like basically yeah be blown not, away, which was the which was the t- the terminology that Ryan Poles used before the last draft. So it was pretty clear that it was a Ryan Poles leak to Ian Rappaport to you know motivate Fields or whatever the reason is that he felt like he needed to get that out there. Uh, Fields had seven games and seven tests the rest of the way. And he passed it today. He was spectacular. He looked refreshed with the time off running the football. He dropped an absolute dime to DJ Moore. He was running to. That's another thing. I saw you celebrating field successes and I thought you were rooting for, I thought you had moved on to the rooting for the Caleb Williams or Drake made. No pony big picture, little picture, man. These are two separate conversations. Like, in the big picture, I can't block out the big picture when I, if I were in your shoes and my team was that bad. The big picture would be front and center every second of every day. It, it, it is. But when the game is happening, even if they're going to trade Justin Fields, you want him to be good because then you get more for him in a trade. He is a starting quarterback in the NFL, man. Okay. You know, like even if they end up taking Caleb or Drake, but you're rooting Lynch, for think, him as a trade chip, is what. Of course, okay. Of course, and by the way, I like him. I root for him, but you don't like him enough to want him to be your quarterback next year. It de- it depends, man. It depends. I'm so. Still give a- me a percentage on how much you're into a rookie quarterback versus keeping Fields right now. Listen, I think that it is. For you, not with the Bears in their heads. I'm talking about for you, what it would be. Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? Is it 90-10? I mean, what is yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's like, it's like, listen, it's it's like 70-30. Okay. It's 70-30. Because I can't ignore the contractual side of it and how generational these guys are. But I think it's like 95-5 that Poles is going to draft one. If especially, I mean, if the, if Carolina gives them the number one pick, but listen, I like Fields, and it was just the coaches, man. They got they got very conservative, and they talked all about how Fields needs to give them a chance. Fields, you need to take a chance. They they kicked a field goal to go up nine on fourth and one in the fourth quarter. They kicked a field goal to go from nine to twelve on fourth and five when they ran it on third and seven, suggesting that they were trying to do two plays to convert it. It was just, they were so conservative late that I wish they would have given fields more of a chance uh, to win that game because the whole point now is the evaluation, but very, very interesting football game. And literally 
a historic collapse. Bills and Jets. Bills and Jets is the next game. First time the Bills have scored 30 plus since weeks two through four when they did it three games in a row. Are the Bills problems solved with Brady as the OC? Uh, no, they just um, it, the, the problem didn't get worse today. I mean, even though we know what the Jets defense is capable of, they've beaten the Eagles this year. Uh, this game, this game, I think, allows for Bills fans to let out at least a temporary sigh of relief. You know, I, I still think it's interesting. The Josh Allen reaction to this, I think, is a little strange. He seems like he's melancholy over what happened with Dorsey. There's not like I thought maybe their motivation in this was it would piss him off and they'd get like an angry Josh Allen and he'd play with a chip on his shoulder the rest of the year. Like, I'll show you guys. You want to fire my friend, as it turns out. This was not an acrimonious relationship. He liked the offensive coordinator. And maybe he takes it personally and he goes out there with a vengeance. I'm seeing a guy in press conferences before the game and after a game where he seems like he's still bent out of shape about it. Like he said, like he made a point of this game of saying, you know, I want to make sure, make clear it wasn't broken. Our offense was not broken before this move happened. We just, he's right. Okay. So I am interested to see when they play a real team next week in Philly, if how that manifests. That question that you asked, are the problems solved? We'll get the answer next Sunday night. Beating the Jets decisively, 32 against that offense seems like a lot. But I think the speaking of speaking of broken, I think the Jets offense at this point is so broken that now it's starting to affect the way the defensive plays this late in the year. They need Aaron Rodgers to get back this week. And it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, Jay Glazer with that weird thing about Rodgers sending the team a video and they were blown away and he wants to start practicing the week after Thanksgiving. It's just it, it completely insane, the Rodgers thing. I have no idea. Joe Flacco is coming back for the Browns. I It is organizational malpractice that they trotted out Zach Wilson. Rodgers was hurt on the first drive of the season. First drive of the season. Well, but, but we admitted that in games against the Chiefs, he looked better. You know, like I understand that. that. I okay. They need to have the evaluation correct, man. They 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 have seen every throw, every practice, every press conference, every film study, every session. Well, this gets back to the Dobbs thing. They should have made that trade. Yes, they should have. They should have done the, bill, the Bills run though these next couple of weeks. Oh my god! That's why I don't think their problem solved because their schedule is so tough. No, I know, but it just it does make them a lot more interesting. Like at Philly, by at Kansas City, home against Dallas. Is the over under for wins there point five? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. We talked about this when the schedule came out on that podcast. Like they just late November, early December, they got a backloaded schedule where they were in huge five-star matchups every week. So All right, that, the someone Rams- tells me that they're just going to be the weird team that no one can figure out consistently this year, and they're going to win at least one of those games. Okay. Seahawks and Rams. Did Seattle just cost themselves a playoff spot? Okay, so I think this is fascinating. The, 
the the NFC right now, the wild card teams would be Dallas at seven and three, Minnesota and Seattle. Okay, and then there's a huge there's a two game in the loss column drop to Green Bay, the Rams, the Falcons, and Tampa. So it seems like Seattle should be comfortably in. I told you this on Thursday that their schedule gets so hard with two against San Francisco and the Cowboys sandwiched in between. They could go on a four game losing streak right now. And then now. Philly. And then Philly. And that's why I said to you, maybe you weren't paying attention, that I feel like the seventh playoff team in the NFC is going to end up with a losing record. It's, it could no, be an I, eight and nine team. I know, but okay. So they, yes, you, you said that, but now they blow this lead here. So now it could be a five game losing streak. Right. That, that, that comment by me was predicated on my visual visualization skills of, of seeing this for Seattle. Plus Geno Smith got hurt in the game, had to come back in. Pete Carroll completely effed up the end of this game where after they had the big completion to Metcalf, they ran the ball like they thought it was a slam dunk that Myers was going to make a 55-yard field goal. Right. Really dumb. So, and Seattle's been outscored now in the year. Um, who do you like as the seventh seed in the NFC? Tampa. Because their schedule. I like Tampa for that, even though they did not look great today, but it was at San Francisco. But no, I mean, it's... And next week they get Indy, who looks terrible against the Patriots, but Indy is at home and coming off of a bye. I'm always, like late in the season. I'm always wary of like when one team's coming off a bye and the other team played a game, and you just played a physical game against San Francisco that often has a lingering effect. Like I think that's a sneaky tough spot for Tampa next week. Cooper Cup got injured in this game today too yep. for the Rams, and just you know that guy two years in a row now has had horrible injury luck. And, you know, that's what the Rams are all about. I had somebody asking me, and we'll get to the Steelers later, about, like, where's Matt Stafford going to play next year? Would the Rams want to move off him? His dead cap hit is like $80 million. They just signed him to an extension the other year. They're stuck with him. In good times and bad, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, I still think the guy is a capable quarterback, but he's starting. I mean, he's he's not... He's not aging gracefully. Let me put it that way. I'm not yeah, that, sure. With that banner flies forever. Yeah, F them picks, huh? Yeah. Houston and Arizona. Is it impressive that the Texans found a way to win the big C.J. Stroud turnover game? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Um, you know, I thought that they were in on upset alert after Arizona won against uh, who they beat last week in Kyler Murray's first game. Why am um, I having a brain fart there? Um, Who'd they just beat last week? Atlanta. Atlanta, thank you. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Ritter had to come into the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought that that was going to be maybe a trap game spot for them. And in some ways it was. But you had long plays like the touchdown pass from Stroud to Dell. That connection's been really, really fantastic. Um, that was an awesome catch yeah it was just it was stupendous and their defense got stops laid on Kyler Murray to preserve a win so you know they keep it going and I think it's actually a I think it's a good win in this way 
they win, but I also think it kind of knocks them down a peg. Like, hey, you know, we were maybe one or two plays away from losing this game. And that's a reminder that we've got a long way to go. We're not a lock. You know, I don't think that they're walking into their uh, facilities tomorrow with big heads like they're the it team in the NFL. So I think it's healthy for a team like them to win games like this. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard football coaches say the best thing is like to win in games where you don't play well because then there are teaching moments off of a win instead of off of a loss? Like you could still have like brutal film sessions and all that stuff. Um, He still was the leading passer today in terms of yards. He still had two touchdowns, even though he had three picks. It was wild. It was a little erratic. It was and Singletary was one of the leading rushers in the NFL yeah. today. So they had huge yards. They just had on they just had t- turnovers in the red zone that took points right. off the board for them. Right. They, they, they won easily could have had 35 points today. Yeah. E- easily. Uh and so even with three interceptions, his MVP odds dropped again. He's only 16 to 1 now, man. Oh man, I'm feeling so good about that bet. 16 to 1 because Tua didn't have a big day today. Obviously, Burrow uh got hurt. Allen didn't have a big game uh last week, so that hit that hurt him a little bit. I feel like the favorite is winner of tomorrow night's game with Mahomes and Hurts. And if one of them has like a five touchdown game, he maybe separates himself for a little bit, but only four horses. Well, I also think Goff on Detroit did not have a good game either. And if they keep winning, there might be from the voting, from the voters, uh, a sense to want to give somebody on that team the award, the quarterback. But, you know, his his whole thing for a while was he doesn't turn the ball over. And what do you have against the Bears today? Three interceptions. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I don't think Goff is. I think think Dak is a sneaky one, though, for MVP. I think Dak Dak is still alive. Um, All right, Raiders and Dolphins. Yes, sir. You have here, Jalen Ramsey has three interceptions in three games. Very true. Should we upgrade Miami's title chances? So his interception to seal the game was incredible. Yep. In the end zone. And Tyreek Hill after the game said he's the best corner in the NFL. And I understand that he's just gassing up his teammate and his buddy. But – He is playing great and it's a premium position. And we haven't, in the games that they've lost, we have not, like to to the good teams, the real tests, Jalen Ramsey has not been out there. And if they actually are going to get, turn back the clock, you know, 2020, 2019, Jalen Ramsey, he absolutely is a difference maker. And the margin in the AFC seems pretty damn razor thin. Mm -hmm. So now you could say that there's not a guy on the Chiefs that he needs to take take away. And there's not one guy on Baltimore that he needs to take away. So maybe in the AFC, it's not as valuable. And the Bengals are going to miss. So, you know, there's not even a Jamar Chase situation. There's maybe not a Stephon Diggs situation. But – Premium player at premium position playing well, who we didn't have for the first eight games. Yeah, I do think that it's a factor that we need to weigh in as they go forward. 
if I were on, uh, if I were doing a show on WQAM, uh, the Odyssey station down there, I think that's the Dolphins flagship, or it used to yep. be. And I was doing a show there tomorrow. Um, I think I would be pretty critical of them. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure whether the Ramsey thing would probably get baked in there somewhere because it is a, a important player who had his best game, a signature game with them. But every time they cut back into that game today, it would be, oh, like the Raiders turn it over on downs or there's an O'Connell interception. And then two minutes would go by, okay, the Raiders have the ball again because the Dolphins weren't able offensively in the second half to do anything to distance themselves from Vegas. And Hill had an injury, but it was not like a, you know, game end. Yeah, he, he missed one drive. He right. One drive. So, you know, I thought today, if you told me the Raiders were only going to score 13 points, I would have guessed the, the Dolphins would have won the game by double digits. So something was not right with them offensively to settle for 20 against that defense. Um Achan got hurt again early. Yeah, very that's a good that's I'm happy that you brought that up because that is a big deal. They were excited to get him back after he was averaging like 10 yards a carry and had that huge game against Yeah, I think Denver. that hurt them a lot today. Um two games back to back. They play the Ravens, they play the Cowboys at the end of the season. The the one excuse I'll make for them is their test games have both come away from Miami. The Chiefs game was in Germany. And the Bills game was in Buffalo. Their schedule sets up for them, I think, to get the number one seed. And if that happens, then I think your question, should we upgrade their title chances? Of course. But a lot of it for me is going to have to do with, they have one big game at home, this, uh, and that's Dallas, and a second one maybe against Buffalo in week 18, if it matters to them. And so those are the games you circle for the Dolphins. How do they look? on their home turf against a legitimate team. Cause you figure they're going to play at least one playoff game there against a team like that. Jags and Titans. Are you ready to concede your AFC South bet? And that Jacksonville is the champion of that division. Okay. So my AFC South bet is that I, I bet the Colts. So like I have the white flag ready. I just haven't waved it yet. You know, I mean, I, I do actually think there's a way for Indy, to get to nine wins. I think that that's still possible. Uh, I, I, it would take um, a pretty big sizable collapse for Jacksonville to only win nine games at this point. However, however, I think 10 is a likely number for them. And if Jacksonville wins 10 games, I can think I can see Houston getting there and Houston already beat them in Jacksonville. That, so, that that was that was the way to ask this question, or that's where I was hoping you would land. Right. Houston, is, Houston is like better than two and a half to one to to win. It's I think they're like plus two thirty, and Jacksonville is minus two twenty to win. Right. The so I don't think. I mean, unfortunately for the bet you and I made, which was the Colts to win the division back in September, I think our I think our we were in the right place. We just weren't in the exact zip code. And I think that's what might happen here. I, I think Jackson, ultimately, I think both teams are going to make the playoffs. I think that's right now one of my takeaways from this weekend with both Jacksonville and Houston winning and with the Burrow injury, what happened with the Steelers today too. Like 
I think Jacksonville and Houston should both feel pretty good about making the playoffs. It's just a matter of who's hosting a, a playoff game. Do you agree with yeah, that? And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, listen, the Trevor Lawrence did not make his uh, what had becoming way too common of occurrences of mistakes in the red zone today, and then they hung a huge number on the board. So it's like if he doesn't shoot himself in the foot, they move the ball pretty easily. And Ridley had an awesome touchdown catch, and he had been kind of absent, but that was a great play. And so, you know, when they when they play like that and they execute down, in, you know, in the money area, they look really, really good. Um, I'm very much looking forward to Jacksonville Houston part two. Is that in, next, is that week. next week or is that in two weeks? That's next week. That's next week. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's just. I mean, let me ask probably, you this question as a, as a as a broadcasting thing. You've got Texans and Jaguars on CBS. And then the 425 games are Chiefs, Raiders, and Bills, Eagles. Do you think Nansen's and Romo go to Eagles, Bills 100%? Yes. Okay. Not Chiefs, Raiders. I mean, it's got to already be determined who's getting the wide distribution there. But yeah, I would I would think Bills, Eagles is the most mass appeal game of those three. Um, but I, I got interesting if the chiefs win tomorrow, I know you're saying that this decision probably has already been made and I'm guessing you're right, but if the chiefs were to win, that gets kind of going to in the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't kind of ashamed that both of those are CBS games at the same time on Sunday, but I will be interested because I don't think, I don't think that Jaguars tight uh, Texans is getting the Sparrow Ditas treatment anymore. I'd like to think that that game has climbed up. The yeah, CBS no, that they get uh, they they'd probably get Ian Eagle and Charles Davis calling yeah. an AFC South game for the first time in like five years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. Ian Eagle has to leave the Northeast. He'd be very uh, confused. Giants and Commanders. Do we owe Tommy, Danny, DeVito an apology? Okay, so Saquon was incredible. But that, that that throw that he, that he made to get him the ball in the end zone was a dime, right? And I mean, and the the shorter one, I mean, you know, like it was, it was just a, it was it was impressive. <laughs> uh, I because it was it was just a weird game, man. Like he, Devito was sacked five times in the first quarter, and they were winning. Well, that's what happens when Washington turns it over six times, right? I'm just saying it was just it was just a it was a weird, and that's game. the curse of Sam Howell. I mean, that's what Sam Howell does, especially against the Giants for whatever reason. These two games. So I think I think two things. I think yes, because I said it. I said it looked like he wasn't on, an NFL quarterback, and I backed you up on that. You know, right. So right, you're right. I mean, we do. I, I think on that level, he threw for three touchdown passes. I know. I thought it would take him a full season to do that. Correct. So I think on that level, we owe Devito an apology, and I think you were following me on it. So I will be the first one to say it, Tommy. I'm sorry. Sorry, Tommy. Um, Ron Rivera needs to be fired tomorrow. He has to be. I do not get what they're doing. Eric Bieniemy 
listen, they just turned the ball over six times, like you said. I'm not saying that the offense has been great. Terry McLaurin, where are you? But you've got to figure out if Biennemi can do it. I don't. I do not get what the point is in continuing to do this, even though I'm. The offense turned the ball over a ton, and the defense sacked the quarterback a ton. So it was technically a better day for their defense than their offense, even though the Giants scored 31. But I just, you are going nowhere fast. And to me, the most interesting thing is: is Eric Bieniemy a head coach for Washington? I would make that decision yesterday. Uh, totally agree with that. Can I give you like a weird aside from this game, please? If you are uh, Josh Harris is the guy's name, right? Who bought Washington? The yeah, dude who also owns the Sixers and New Jersey Devils. The report after this game that the hot water didn't work in either team's locker rooms. Yes, like that was a Daniel Snyder thing that this FedEx Stadium or whatever it's called now is just in a state of disrepair. It's dilapidated. It's falling apart. And it's it's now that the Oakland Coliseum is gone, it's probably now taken up the mantle as being the worst facility in the entire league. This dude is so rich. Like, you know, come up with the $700 million to build a new stadium, please, and not have your team be a laughingstock franchise. And obviously someone in Virginia or Maryland or whatever else We'll kick in the remaining hundreds of millions of dollars. You'll find a way to, you know, bilk that system and make that happen. But like, my my point is, they still to me seem like such a rinky dink small time franchise when shit like this comes out. And I just wonder, like, there was that player poll where they like ranked last in everything. They just have such a, a long way to go still to become an appealing destination. I think I think they're gonna you know he, he just took over the team it sounds like he might hire Bill Belichick uh they're probably gonna change their name again and then you know he'll get to the stadium and he'll get to the hot he's just got to replace the hot water heater man it's yeah just, but other things like railings breaking and fans falling on Jalen hurts it's a, like it's 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 a it's an annual thing where something goes wrong at that stadium and it makes that franchise look like a joke. Um, okay, no, it's ask my turn to ask question. you. Yes, go ahead. I figured everyone was still just tuning in, waiting. So I put this a little further down the rundown. Is it time? You called him Joe Burrow. You called him Joe Montana. Is it now time for Andrew Filipponi to call his dear friend Kenny Pickett a bust? Uh, very, very close to that. I think I'm on just like the yodeler dude from uh, The Price is Right. I'm right on the edge now with him. Um, look, it's 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 twofold. It's the way he's played in these games. It's the way he's played in these games. And it's the way that they're managing him as a player. So they set a very low bar for him. And then he can't even jump over that. So they're coaching him. Danny, they, the Giants, I know the record sucks. They got nothing to lose. The Giants opened up their playbook more for Tommy DeVito today than the Steelers did for Kenny Pickett. And I get it. Part of it is you trust your defense against Cleveland and their third-string quarterback. But what ends up happening is 
you're so conservative, you don't throw the ball downfield, et cetera, that when you lose, it makes it look like you had absolutely no confidence in the guy. And it, and, and it creates the impression that, you know, you can't win with him because you're putting him in such a straight jacket or handcuffs. When what, what are you waiting for? For the bus? Okay. 315 quarterbacks have thrown 500 pass I've, attempts. I've seen, I saw that go around today. Only yeah, one has thrown a touchdown on fewer than 2% of his attempts. That's Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett and Anthony Richardson have the same amount of touchdown passes since October 1st. Yeah. What, 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 what are you holding on to? Uh, not much, frankly, at this, at this exact moment. I mean, what I'm holding on to is the fact that he's got seven fourth quarter wins and come from behind wins and appears, although he didn't do it today to make very clutch plays with the game on the line. So it's in there somewhere, but it's, not there enough, not even close to enough. And um, look, I think like the play calling and a lot of the things today in this case didn't help him, but more than anything else, he was, he was what held them back offensively. And Tomlin after the game tried to make it sound like he wasn't even surprised by the result because he quote, tried to tell us how good the Browns defense was at the beginning of the year. The problem with that comment is he doesn't understand when he says that, like, they, oh, they went out and got Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz, so it instantly made them better. They became a credible defense because they now have a credible play caller. You could flip it on him and say, well, why didn't you do that with your offense and you allowed for Matt Canada to come back for an extra year? Why didn't you hire the offensive equivalent of Jim Schwartz to coach your offense? That way, Danny, like, if if you've got a player like that calling the shots, then I probably would say, Pickett's a bust right now. Pickett or the field week one quarterback, 2024 Pittsburgh Steelers. You, you know, people are not going to want to hear me say this because of the way he's looked, but I would still say Kenny. I would still say Pickett at this point. They're just, they, they move at a glacier's pace, this organization. I don't think they'll do anything rash, even though based on how he's playing right now, it would be completely. No, I know they don't do anything rash. Najee Harris is still getting more touches than Jalen Warren. Fireable offense, really, if you Dude, ask me. what is going on? And then he had the audacity to bitch after the game about how things are broken. Harris, that is. Oh, good for him. Uh, Cowboys and Panthers. Bland has four pick sixes. Yes. If people knew who Deron Bland was, would he win the defensive player of the year? So... Listen, it was a blowout win by a team that was supposed to blow them out. So I don't think that we need to do too much X's and O's on Cowboys Panthers. But he has tied the NFL record for pick sixes in a season. It's happened twice before. Deron Bland has four of them. And Defensive Player of the Year, I, I consider that to be the Defensive MVP award. What is more valuable? 18 sacks? Or four touchdowns? I would say four touchdowns. And if Deron Bland's name was Trayvon Diggs or Jalen Ramsey or Stephon Gilmore or a cornerback we knew who had gotten paid a ton of money or if it was um, 
I know he tore his ACL today, but like Hufanga on like uh, on the Niners. 49ers. Yeah. Like a safety who gets a ton of love. You know, I he would absolutely be up there with Garrett and Parsons and Watt for defensive player of the year, but no one knows his name. And so he isn't. And I know that he isn't a better football player than Micah Parsons. And some of this is luck and all that. I I understand that, but the dude has four defensive touchdowns and he's a hundred to one to be defensive player of the year. Four touchdowns. And there's like the, you you said valuable. Um, Diggs got hurt. And there was this, I thought, the next week they lost to Arizona. This whole sky is falling. They're really going to miss this guy. And he's gone in. And it's interesting because he's done what Diggs, Diggs' calling card was. He'd make a lot of these big plays. He'd also give up a lot of big plays. Well, this guy is making even bigger plays uh, than Diggs did. Uh, So, look, this is going to sound... This is just my feeling about that award. I have a hard time voting for some, I would have a hard time voting for somebody who was the defensive player of the year if they came from a defense that wasn't great. Now he has the benefit of them having a really good defense. So to answer your question, he should be better than a hundred to one to win the award. We should make that bet too. I'm I'm going to make that bet with you. I'm going to bet bland to win the defensive player of the year because like if he, what if he has another one? That's what I'm saying. The the year? Like there's a lot point, of games slow, left, man. Yeah, you've got Miles Garrett right now in that defense. He had a big game today. You know, so I think he's and Micah Parsons are probably one two. I think Watts probably lost maybe a little bit of steam there. Um, so and there's not one guy you'd pick from San Francisco or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I think that there's a case to be made for him. Absolutely. As long as like he doesn't have the gaps that give up long touchdowns and things like that too, which frankly I haven't seen him surrender since taking over. All right. Uh, Niners and Bucks. Is Brock Purdy's slump over? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I say that in a very defeatist tone because you've waffled on this guy. I really have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just pick pick a lane. It, I, it's hard. It kind of gets back to what you said about Bland. Is that like if Brock Purdy had been drafted in the first round, I think it would be easier for me to see this and think it's real and not want to give other people credit or feel like there's a shoe that's going to drop next week. But I I actually give him, and I know that players got healthy, which have made it his life a lot easier the last two weeks. But I actually do give him a lot of credit because it was the first time in his career where there was any real adversity, having lost three games in a row. And people started questioning him, me included, you have forever. And he just had another gigantic game today against the defense that's okay. I mean, the 49ers, I mean, the Buccaneers – have their moments, their stars on that defense. And 158.3 perfect passer rating is as good as you can do. Yeah, I mean, listen, he played a great game. Um, I still think he's a product of everything that's around him. Uh, If you put Baker Mayfield in the 49ers offense, same numbers? 
Yeah, I think he plays very well. Okay. I think he plays very well. But good for him. But because, like, I've been critical of Purdy, but I've also always said I thought they were going to go 17 and 0. Like, I, I think the yeah, Niners. You think can win they the can win the Super Bowl with him and just win with a system quarterback? You've said yes. that before. That that's that is my continued stance, and we'll see if he makes the big mistake in a big moment. Uh, last one: Chargers and Packers are the Chargers cursed. I mean, so now Bosa. I saw him on a cart crying, so that must have been a very significant injury. Like, I just they're so talented. And they lose to the Packers, who lose Aaron Jones. But then he comes, apparently it's not that serious, but it looked like it was very serious. Mm-hmm. He was emotional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a brutal game. Like, But it's like they've got 10 star players. And by the end of the season, they have five. Every year. One year it's Corey Lindsley and Rashawn Slater and Keenan Allen, and then it's Mike Williams and it's Derwin James, and then it's Bosa, and then it's Herbert playing through a rib injury, and then it's Mike Williams. It's just unbelievable. They have it, it, they they can't get out of their own way. Brandon Staley's melting down after the game. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, their rookie receiver Quentin Johnston stinks and dropped the pass that could have been a winner. Yep, they gave just, up a third and twenty play because of pass interference that would have probably won it for him it's just I don't know man I it feels they get rid of Anthony Lynn they don't miss they don't lose games because of missed kicks anymore but now their players just all get devastatingly injured I don't they're they're going nowhere forever, and then I'll probably still bet on them at like twenty one to one preseason. I know, dude. I warned you last year at this I know. time that I this know. was going to happen. That you were going to like excuse or ignore their their struggles, and then buy back in, and yeah. you did. And so now you have yourself to blame for that. I think they've got a hugely. I think their season. I'm I'm actually happy this is the prime time game next Sunday. I think Chargers Ravens is a colossal game. It's, it's, it's there for them. If you, but here's the problem with the chargers. Even if I do this, I pull up their schedule on my phone. I look at these games. I'm like, all right, they go to new England the week after you can't, you can't, you can't guarantee, or you can't say in it with any confidence that they're going to win games, even in situations where they're matched up against a team that's inferior to them. That's their problem. And I think, I think it trickles down from the coach. It's interesting. Staley was such a um, football fanatic favorite because of the way they did things there. Uh, and that he's, he's, he's eroded all that goodwill. I think Staley and Ron Rivera would be the two coaches right now who I would predict don't make it through uh, the season. I think a change could be imminent in either one of those places. Uh, right now. And honestly, I think for the Chargers, if they do it, it could kickstart their season and they could maybe get on a roll and win some games. So I don't think there's a good reason for Staley to be their head coach tomorrow. Listen, I I, I was all in on him early, but I really can't argue it. Make Kellen Moore the head coach. Let him call plays. Let Herbert have an offensive coach. Yep. Somebody else will call the defensive plays on their staff. Do it. All right, Spencer Ray is our producer. Thanks to everyone who tuned in live. Please tell a friend. Let's grow this thing. It's first in pod. We are going to do a – we're going to record Tuesday night 
right, for the Thanksgiving games and the Black Friday games. And then we will do a recap uh, later on in the weekend for Sunday. the full NFL yeah. slate. So we'll do we'll do our full preview pod on on Tuesday night. Uh, so a little different this week with the holiday. Thanks again to Spencer Ray. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. First in pod. Peace.